Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. You don't hear much about it in the media, but steadily it's making an impact and poised to keep growing. The new development bank, or NDB, was established by five BRICS countries in 2015 to fund global development cooperation. During the eight years ever since, the bank has approved a total of 98 projects on infrastructure and sustainable development all over the world. In April this year, the bank drew worldwide attention when former Brazilian President Dilma Rousseff took over the reign as president. Why does the world need the New Development Bank? What impact has the bank made on global development cooperation? And why does Dilma Rousseff believe in the future of the bank despite skepticisms in the West about BRICS and related institutions? Welcome to a special edition of The Point with me, Liu Xin, coming to you from Shanghai. I'm pleased to be joined by Her Excellency Dilma Rousseff, President of the New Development Bank. Your Excellency, welcome to The Point and thank you for agreeing to the interview. We are in this very impressive uh, headquarters building of the New Development Bank, but when we're talking about the bank, I'm sure we're not just meaning that the building is new, but the bank is new in different ways. Exactly what's new about the NDB? of the New Development Bank. Some people are calling it the BRICS Bank. What's the connection? Can you help us understand? Bom, o, o banco é, é novo. É novo em dois aspectos. This is a new bank. There are two factors to illustrate what's new in New Development Bank. This bank has a history of more than seven years. However, everything here is new, and everything here is about new. This is a new platform, generally and preferentially for developing countries, as well as emerging economies. Building connections between developing countries is our priority. That is why we have our objectives and promises to minimize the gap between their huge developmental demands and relatively limited resources that happens in most developing countries. This is the reason why it is new. This institution was initiated by five BRICS countries. The interconnection between them is one of the most important relations among developing countries in the world. These five countries from BRICS possess 40% of the world's population. Almost 20% of raw materials on the global market are provided by the regions where BRICS countries are from. Their intensified connections are super important for developing countries and emerging economies. The abbreviation BRICS stands for the following five countries, namely Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa. Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa, these five countries have been connected by this abbreviation because what it represents is the same as what our bank represents to the world. We offer every possible opportunity for developing countries. Since 2021, we have had three more countries joining with us. They are the People's Republic of Bangladesh, the Arab Republic of Egypt, 
and United Arab Emirates. We are looking forward to having more countries with us as members. On this aspect, New Development Bank has a further meaning. It represents not only our five initial countries, but also the interaction between developing countries. Personally, I reckon all developing countries should be included with us, in order to share our same goals through the platform provided by NDB cooperation in the fields of infrastructure, financing, as well as joint efforts to face climate change. Why does the world need a new development bank? on top of the other development banks that we already have, such as the World Bank or regional development banks? In fact, there are a lot of regional banks. These banks or institutions focus on multilateral and regional development affairs for developing countries and emerging economies. For example, we have Latin American Development Bank among Latin American countries. We also have other regional and multilateral banks all over the world. But what are the differences between NDB and others? NDB has a broader view and is willing to embrace all our counterparts in the world. The bank would like to represent them. This is regarded as our original purpose. Those giants from different continents are considered fundamental elements to represent their own continents. With respect to BRICS, these five countries represent the continents of Latin America, Europe, Asia and Africa. They serve as centers for South-South cooperation on the economy among developing countries. Besides, we have already started the process to enlarge the range of our membership. This expansion shows three significant intentions of NDB. In the first place, having more and more members, the bank aims to offer more opportunities to developing countries because we know they are the ones that exactly need more support on financing as they are not receiving enough from other regional or multilateral institutions. This is our first objective. Second, NDB focuses on establishing partnerships among our member countries. At the same time, we're open to searching for cooperation with all other existing regional and multilateral banks all over the world, which might already have had their own partners. NDB, on our part, is designated to always deal with efforts to stop inequality, eliminate poverty, overcome misery, and offer high-quality jobs. Why? It is because the poorest areas in the world are located in the developing countries. It is also where global poverty comes from. And to finish inequality, to eliminate poverty, to have equal access to education, to have better jobs and, last but not least, to confront climate change are regarded as our promises to the world. What we want to carry out seriously is to help countries who have made their solemn promises to keep their own words in a proper way. Just as what has been agreed on in the Paris Agreement, climate change is a major task we have to face jointly. Moreover, other goals of sustainable development, such as elimination of hunger, are our working pursuits as well.
Both environmental and social issues are in our line of work. NDP financing is committed to helping member countries achieve their development vision in line with the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and the Paris Agreement. In July, the bank will celebrate its eighth anniversary of operations. Um, how would you evaluate the impacts that the bank has achieved over the years? And how far is it from being a global multilateral development bank? The Bank of BRICS has a characteristic that I think is very important. I think NDB possesses a very important characteristic. This bank is involved in multilateral promises. Why is this so important? As it is known to all that the world today is undergoing great changes and faced with huge challenges, there are various problems happening in all the corners of our world. We have problems related to climate change, political and regional conflicts, infrastructure, finance, and even the privilege to use certain currencies for commercial activities. All these existing problems lie in front of developing countries. Every time there's a change in the interest rate of a currency, countries that borrow capital in the U.S. dollars or euros actually have to encounter some risks. Regardless of the situation, when the currency depreciates, these countries will face serious problems of internal debt. So considering such severe situations ahead, countries all over the world, especially developing countries, need to be extra cautious. In addition, we are also facing turbulence and changes today. The current situation has shown us the differences in values which might make it difficult to reach a consensus. Among them, the most particular one is the thinking of deglobalization. How does this happen? It is what we encounter now. There is an attitude to contain China, exemplified by the recent CHIP Act led by the U.S. and the tariff war between the two main powers in the world. No matter where and how it goes, the world's stability and peaceful development are actually affected. We can see that everyone is seeking to reach a consensus to achieve multilateralism in a peaceful, friendly and mutually beneficial way rather than considering a unilateral victory for one party. BRICS countries have the obligation to give developing countries a voice, or it is not enough to have just a voice, but to make the interests of developing countries visible. At this stage, developing countries face multiple challenges. Since developing countries have a larger population, they need high-quality industrialization and more job opportunities. Logistically speaking, railways, stations, schools and other infrastructure related to public service are essential. Developing countries need schools to improve their education and people's living conditions. To achieve their rapid improvement, they need proper conditions as well. 
To this extent, China is a good example. China has invested very much in its development, especially in education, which enables China to jump from a relatively backward situation to the second largest economy in the world in 40 years. This is the path all developing countries would like to follow. The bank is uh, headquartered along the Huangpu River from the headquarters, you can see the impressive skyline of Shanghai. What do you think China can offer to EMDS in terms of development experiences? And how does the bank plan to work with China to bring tangible deliverables to its member states? I believe what is happening here in China has become a crucial component of global development in the past years. I want to underline that by February of 2021, China has lifted 800 million people out of absolute poverty. Considering the total amount of 800 million people, which is about four times of the Brazilian population, I personally evaluate it as a historical achievement. These moves set important teaching examples for the South-South cooperation in today's world. Firstly, why I would like to share my opinion this way is because these teaching examples could be seen from the perspective of Brazilian situation. It is fundamental for a country to have a government which is fully focused on the country's growth, achieving a high-quality development centralized on people's interests, people's ever-growing expectation for a better life, as well as the equal access to education. China's development and prosperity, achieved through the reform and opening up, enables the country to share and distribute its wealth more efficiently. Secondly, the Chinese government has launched a series of projects aiming at improving the living quality of citizens in rural China. Based on my experience, I could not agree more on this since people in the rural areas are usually the most vulnerable group in the country. The Chinese government has been concentrating on improving the quality of rural residents' life and the development of rural areas through various cooperative and sustainable ways, such as the assistance of techniques. In this way, this proportion of the rural population can enjoy a much better life. Besides, the other necessary knowledge I have learned is the adequate access to public services of health, residence and education, just as offered in the urban area. Moreover, it is very essential for us to promote the agricultural industry in some parts of our country. For people in this area to have increased income and the proper development of the area itself, China's experience is very important. Even though I have very little knowledge on the whole endeavor, imagining the project that helped 800 million people, now I could say that probably China's poverty alleviation can be regarded as the most successful attempt in history. 
30% of NDB's uh, funding will be denominated in local currencies. And uh, I know uh, Brazilian President Lula da Silva is a strong advocate of using local currencies while trading with uh, countries such as China. So why does the bank place so much importance on funding and fundraising in local currencies? And what difference will it make to member states and other developing countries? I believe that in today's world, there's a trend, a dominant tendency to promote exchanges, mainly commercial exchanges through local currencies. I want to say that there are several important examples of these exchanges. Among various cooperation in the world, the petroleum market is one of the most significant fields in today's currency exchange. We now see when China and Saudi Arabia have their own oil trading, both countries use local currency to conduct trade. RMB is the currency that the two countries use. Another important example is countries in the global south are increasingly using local currencies for trade payments. What we are proposing is part of the financing for member countries should be settled in their local currencies. This type of financing can also be carried out using the currencies of other developing countries or emerging market countries in the currency basket. To summarize, why do we have to do all of the above? There are certainly pros and cons to carrying out the proposition, which means we will have risks. What makes it difficult is to coordinate exchange rate regimes. Settlement in local currency requires a reasonable exchange rate level and mechanism among currencies. However, when the exchange rate increases or currency devaluates, it will have shocking impacts on local markets. At second place, we suggest to have our exchanges or commercial activities in local currency, even if we could issue bonds in local currencies. As a result, we can expand the capital markets of our developing and emerging economies. Thirdly, we can reduce the cost of trading and undertake the responsibilities together, since we will have everything settled by local currency. With the establishment of an efficient, safe and convenient clearing system, we can reduce our costs as much as we can. Fourthly, I think it is also a meaningful milestone to gather all these member countries together to strengthen their potential private sectors. The private sector sometimes has relatively limited opportunities and access to proper capital in today's market. To advance local economic development, using American dollars or euros is not a proper move, especially for private business groups. Local currency settlement can enhance corporate financing. I believe this is advantageous. 
Many people question whether it's a measure to counter other currencies, but this is not the case. In short, we don't think the absolute privileges of settling all trades in US dollars or euros is right. We need to use our own currencies to strengthen the foundation of trade and investment in our countries. Sustentam, né, que são a base do comércio, do investimento nos nossos países. Will you be welcoming new members to the NDB? Are there countries on the list yet? Olha, eu, eu acredito que tanto países. No matter how big or small a country is, whether it is rich or poor, and whether it is developed or not, we will use a unified and objective evaluation system to assess its membership. I personally think all countries should consider participation in MBD. At the very early stage of foundation, there was an agreement achieved in our bank that our principal focus of membership should be targeted to emerging economies and developing countries. At most, 20% of our members can be developed countries, which means that the remaining 80% of our members are our core targets, namely emerging economies and developing countries. Now we have such a mechanism. We hope to attract more countries, regardless of their economic volume. No matter if they are currently big or small in volume, we are open to them, especially those relatively vulnerable ones in the Latin American region. In this way, we can make contact with all sides. Taking countries of the region where I come from, we have Chile, Argentina, Uruguay, Colombia, Mexico and many other countries. I'm just saying them randomly as examples. Voices from these countries and this region need to be heard. We don't want to concentrate solely on our founding members, but all of us are essential to this extent. At present, we hope to enlarge our bank membership gradually. I won't say all specific country names because it is not adequate to say someone but not name someone else. We should have everything under discussion, objective discussion. To have diversified standards of evaluation is fundamental for us. We will consider not only how developed the countries are, but also their countries' potential on economic development, as well as their influences on regional development. When it is a relatively small-sized country in economic development, we are glad to support the country to have its own developments on financing, infrastructure, social activities, digital cooperation and environmental affairs. Having different solutions for different countries, we want all others to know that our priority lays in giving assistance to developing countries and South-South cooperation.
Now, I would also like to add that we're not just a platform of finance for BRICS countries. The word BRICS doesn't stand for five countries only. To some extent, we, the NDB, stand for all developing countries. We're much more than a platform singularly dedicated to financing, but to a real motion of multilateralism. I'm sure that given the fact that our world is now undergoing uncertainty and changes, our bank NDB will provide a glorious direction to global cooperation. Very shortly, our bank will help promote the development of a new economic order and a new world order in a better direction with more multilateral and pluralistic development. Thank you very much, Ms. Dilma Rousseff, President of the New Development Bank. Congratulations on taking on this new job and we wish you all the very best. I'm very happy and honored to be interviewed by one of the top journalists in China. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And with that, we come to the end of this special edition of The Point with me, Liu Xin, coming to you from the headquarters of the New Development Bank in Shanghai. As usual, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Lushin in Beijing. You've got the point. this world with a universal greeting. <laughs> we then learn to speak. Though our languages, cultures and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common. We have hope for humanity and the world. General Railway Company Hear the difference. Join our global network to connect with the world. The best military commander is not he who fights a hundred battles and wins every one of them. The best military strategy does not lead to the desiccation of the enemy's capital city. Decoding the art of war will help you understand why there's no art in war and how Sun Tzu stayed undefeatable using the science of war with fun stories and insightful breakdown of famous battles. Tune in to Decoding the Art of War on Spotify. I was born on the 17th of November, Delve into a world of words with Books and Beyond, a podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon you, limpid one. Why have you taken... Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context to gain There was initiative. no better wine, and not to mention... The Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app.